Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. Hi, neighbor. So good to see you. Praise the Lord. God is good. And it is so good to be together with all of our online family. God bless you. Happy Lord's Day to you. We trust that you've already felt the presence of God in your home, visiting you. We've been praying for you. We've been praying for this day. We've been praying that the Lord would really meet us today and that he would really speak to our hearts today. But you know, before we get to the word, we're going to take an offering right now. And I don't know about you or sharing this with the uh, earlier service that I'm so grateful. My dad is, is a... Um, He's, a, he's 94, and uh, he's, he's got um, dementia now. He doesn't, sometimes he remembers me, sometimes he doesn't. Um, and and uh, the older my dad gets, the more I appreciate lessons that he taught me. My dad always taught me to appreciate, like, little things. Things like a meal, things like bread, things like a nice um, a good, a good baseball glove. Um, he, um, he taught us that, you know, not everything in life is automatic, you know. And we have so many blessings. Many years ago, 25 years ago, I went on a missions trip to, to Guatemala. We went up into the mountains, no running water, no electricity. I actually... Uh, slept on the floor for three days, couldn't take a bath. It was like uh, hand sanitizer and wipey special. That's all we did. Um, and I remember one of the nights they, they called me and I went and I prayed uh, at a certain, in a certain little hut. They had dirt floors and they had these, like their oven, the center of their little kind of space was like bricks about this high. And it was like a U-shape, and they had coals there. They would cook there, would heat up the house. And this was in a cold season there in the mountains. And a woman gave birth. We were praying because a woman gave birth. They gave birth right on that dirt floor, you know. And um, in the mysteries of life, I don't understand all of it. But all I know is that we are a super blessed people. Could somebody say amen? We are a super blessed people. Amen. And so we thank God for the little things and the big things. And uh, we'll talk about today even about how you go through stuff. But man, God is a good, good God. And today we want to thank him for the way he's taken care of us, for health, for life, for all of the provision. Aren't you thankful for those cozy chairs that you're sitting on? When you're in the ministry, chairs is a big deal. We used to have these hard wooden pews, and now we have these chairs. I walk in here when you're not in here, there's nobody here. And I'm like, Lord, come on, those are some nice chairs we have now. And we give him all of the glory and all the, all the honor, all the credit. That's what we're going to do right now. Could you lift your hands? If you're at home, lift your hands right now. 
you're, you're, you're probably surrounded by blessing. If you're in a car, if you're, if you're in an office and you have a job, let's lift our hands and say thank you to God. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings, great and small, oh God. God, the small blessings add up to so much. And they are a, a reflection of your care and your kindness, oh God, and your goodness to our lives. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for bread, oh God. We thank you for water, oh God. We thank you for a bed, oh God. We thank you for shelter. God, we thank you. We give you all the credit. We thank you for work, oh God. And we thank you for promotions. We thank you that we have more today than we had yesterday, Lord. And it's all because of you. We just thank you, God, and we give you all the credit, Lord, for the energy, the strength, even the understanding, the know-how, Lord, to be able to work, to be able to accumulate wealth. Thank you. Bless this offering now. Lord, would you use the little that we offer you, Lord, would you use it to further your kingdom, to bless others? God, would you receive it as a gift of love, of worship, and of obedience from our heart to yours? We give this to you. And Lord, we lift up every brother and sister that may find themselves in a struggle right now. Father, we join together and pray for deliverance. We pray for divine intervention. We pray for supernatural provision. May the rain of heaven fall upon their life. Breakthrough, God, for all those that are struggling today. And we thank you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Come on, let's praise God. Hallelujah. For all of those that are here, we're not passing baskets now, but there are um, um, little boxes in the back that if you want to leave an offering um, you can find it there uh, by the doors or ask one of the ushers. Praise the Lord. Amen. So today I'm so excited because it's our first in-person communion service in six months. Could we praise God? We're going to take communion today. Hallelujah. And today's message is a very important reminder to all of us believers I really have felt like the Lord has been putting on my heart to get us to think about his kingdom and to think about heaven, okay? Um, it's very, very important that our mindset and our vision would be um, correct. It would be focused on the right things. And in order for your for your your whole disposition, in order for you to have the right vibes, part of what has to happen is you have to think about life and look at life in the right way. And that means that we have to pay attention to the kingdom of God and we have to remember that we're going to be in heaven one day. We're going to see him face to face. And when we see Jesus face to face, there'll be no more tears and no more sorrows. He's going to wipe away all the stress and all the strife. How many are looking forward to the day that we see Jesus face to face? Hallelujah. That day is coming soon. And so um, we can forget that 
um, the kingdom process and journey that we have, which is not an easy one, it's also matched by this, what I'm going to call incredible insurance policy and reward. And we as Christians, we need to know in advance that this life will be intense that there's a developmental process. What is God doing right now? He's growing you. He's got every believer in this developmental process. But while we have this developmental process, there's also this other world protection and this other world blessing. And we have to see it for what it is. And so in today's message, I want to bring some passages from the Old Testament, some from the New Testament. I chose the Old Testament passages because they are very clear. There's a simplicity to them that really speaks to the heart of it. But then the New Testament passages will be more of a, an explanation. So let's get right into this. Proverbs 17, we're going to read Proverbs 17 and 27. Proverbs 17, 3 says this. The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold... But the Lord, everyone, tests the heart. The crucible for silver, silver goes through a process. The furnace for gold, gold goes through, the process, through a process. But the Lord tests the heart. Then this morning I read this. The crucible for silver, the furnace for gold, but people are tested by their praise. You can tell a lot about a person when they get praised. When, say, when someone compliments a, a, a person, you can tell a lot about where their heart is. Some people take way too much credit and don't give Jesus enough glory and honor and praise. Could somebody say amen? amen? But the Lord tests the heart and here's what we need to understand. Everything of real value gets tested for authenticity. So, so silver is put in this pot, okay, it's called a crucible, and it's, lit on, it's, it's heated up very hot, and the hotter it gets, something starts to happen, okay? And what starts to happen is that fire creates a separation. There's something that rises to the top. They call it slag. It's the impurities. They, they take that off, and then what's left is, is the high-value silver, Gold, which is more valuable than silver, actually gets put directly into a fiery furnace. The furnace is like 2,000 degrees. If you've ever heard the phrase acid test, acid test comes from when gold was tested for authenticity. And what would happen is they would pour acid on gold. And if it was fake, it would disintegrate. It, you know, if it wasn't real, it would just vanish. Well, part of what you and I have to understand is that we go through a test as well. That's part of the process that we're going through. And part of the reason that we're going through this process is because God wants to bring the best out of us. God wants to bring out the best and the purest faith possible. How many would say amen? Your faith is what will count when you see Jesus on that day. When we see the Lord face to face, 
What's going to really matter, brothers and sisters, is not how much money we made. It's not the house that we live in. Houses are going to burn up. Bank accounts will burn up. Cars are going to be burn, are going to burn up. Accomplishments are going to burn up. But what will stand before God on that day is the life of faith that we live. And so what the Lord does is he puts us through like, a, like a, a, a process. And it's because it's valuable to him. Earthly things get tested and so do heavenly things. In fact, in the book of Malachi, look at this, Malachi chapter 3. It says, he will sit, speaking of God, he will sit as a refiner a purifier of silver, he will purify the Levites and the Levites were the priests and refine them like gold and silver. God was saying in the Old Testament, I'm going to put my priests through a refining process similar to that of silver and similar to that of gold. And brothers and sisters, in the New Testament, we are a royal priesthood. In other words, every single one of us, if you are a Christian, is anybody a child of God here today? Could I see your hands? Come on, if you belong to Jesus, could I see your hands? Well, you are not just a child of God. You are part of a royal priesthood. And we, the priest, wears the robe that would go into the presence of God and pray for people. As the priests of God, he wants to uh, develop our faith so that we will pray for other people. As the priests of God, we're called to serve. How many know we're called to pray and we're called to serve and God wants to purify our walks with him and mature our walks with him so that we will be the priests that he's called us to be. And so sometimes we say, Lord, what in the world are you doing? You know what he's doing? He's refining your life. He's refining your faith. So now what I want to do is I want to read from the New Testament because in the New Testament, this text is actually more revealing and it unfolds more of the pro promise and process and actually purpose of this, of this kind of refining testing that we go through. 1 Peter chapter 1 says this. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his mercy that we have been born again. Aren't you thankful for the mercy of God today? Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. When we get to heaven, there will be this incredible prize waiting for us. He says, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials or tests for a little while. These trials or tests, this refining process, this testing process, watch this, will show that your faith is genuine. So watch, so silver is refined and tested gold is refined and tested. Maybe this week you've been in the fire. 
Maybe this week you've been going through, maybe there's been like some acid poured upon your life. And you're like, Lord, what are you doing? Well, God is refining your life. It says, so watch this. It says, it's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. When your faith remains strong through many trials or tests, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And so what is this passage saying? This was the Apostle Peter writing to uh, um, a group of churches. And here is a guy who had made plenty of mistakes. He was a regular guy, but he had just now matured. He's a pastor, and he's looking out for the people. And you know what Peter is saying to them? Peter is saying, you're going to go through trials, but it's because God wants to purify your faith but don't worry because it's just a test. And brothers and sisters, that's the title of my message today is it's just a test. Everybody say it's just a test. Now, it's easy to say it's just a test, but when you're going through the test, how many know it's not that easy? When the fire is really on, it's not that easy. And I recognize that someone online right now may be really be going through it. In fact, just before this service started, I was talking uh, to someone who's really in the fire. They're in the fire right now. But God is bringing something amazing out of them. You see, God uses fire, but we need to know we're going to stand before God one day. And his reward will be with him. And he's going to wipe it all away. But we must go through the test. Look at what Henry Ward Beecher said about this. He said, we are always on the forge or on the anvil. By trials, God is shaping us for higher things. So what is God doing? He's shaping us for higher things, for greater things. So I, I remember, you know, I've got three um, grown children now. They're all married, four grandchildren and um, one of the most challenging things about being a parent is that especially when they become teenagers, you come to the realization that kids are people too. And for some reason as a parent, everyone is a, everyone is a person that can go through stuff and struggle and battle, but not your kids. You don't want your kids to go through stuff. And I remember when my son was going through a, a personal struggle in his life, like a real hardship that was breaking my heart, it was breaking Chrissy's heart. And one of my mentors literally said to me, he said, this situation is the anvil of God in Tommy's life. And, and he said, and he's hammering something out. And I'm like, Lord, you're hammering my son right now. And he's, that's right, because that's how I'm going to make him a man of God. I'm not hurting him. I'm strengthening him. I'm, I'm getting him ready for the things that I have. And so everyone gets their turn on the anvil. Anybody on the anvil today, you don't have to raise your hand. But the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes we go through the fire. 
And, and uh, um, you know, as a pastor, I, I would say one of the hardest things for me is when people are going through it. You know, hands down, it's one of the hardest things for me in the ministry is to watch someone struggle or suffer. And especially when someone is trying to do the right thing. The worst kind of hardship is when people are trying to honor God and do the right thing and then they're in the fire. But guess what? It's just a test. The scripture assures us that no matter what we're going through today, it's only for a season and it's going to result in our faith being stronger and our reward being greater. Brothers and sisters, what God has planned for us, we can't even understand. We can't even fathom the beauty of the glory of the kingdom of heaven. And right now, we've got to stretch our faith and stretch our heart towards God. So what I want to do right now is I want to pray for a minute. I've got a couple of quick application points. But I want to pray right now for everyone who's online. And maybe if you're here and you've been going through the fire, God has a purpose in it. And we, if we learn, we can actually cooperate with this purpose and come out, it, come out of it better and stronger. But just know it's just a test. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you and we praise you. God, and we know that you love us. And we know that heaven is going to be beautiful and wonderful because there's this incredible inheritance waiting for us. And God, we, we want to live for that day. So God, I pray that you would open eyes today. I pray that you would grant a heavenly perspective today. I pray that someone that's really struggling and really suffering, oh God, or who's, who's had many years of battles and struggles, I pray that you would open up their spirits and their minds to know, Lord, that you're putting them in the fire because you're refining and improving and developing something. So bless us. Bless every ear, oh God. Bless every heart in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. It's just a test. Part of, part of what fire does is it, it brings us to the truth and the essence of what real Christianity is all about. And... Here's the, the beautiful thing about what the apostle um, Peter says. The first thing he says in this passage is that our test, even though we get tested, even though we go through the fire, our test comes with a shield and a reward. Okay? So maybe you're tested, but while you're being tested, you're shielded. And the purpose of the test is that at the end of the test is going to be a reward. So, so let me explain this to you. Let's go back to the text. This one I'm going to use the NIV instead of the NLT. Did we get that? Listen. So we, this is the promise. We have an inheritance. Everybody say inheritance. We have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. So we buy, a, we buy new things, but those new things have a way of wearing out. Have you noticed that? 
okay? We, 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 we get a new this and we get a new that and then it just starts to wear out and the, the shine of it goes off. And some people, for example, you always hear these stories up about people who like win the lotto and they get all of the millions and then they end up broke uh, uh, fighting with their families and they're worse off than when it started. Can I tell you something? Trust God for your money. Don't play lotto. Just follow Jesus. Let him bless you with the blessings of heaven. How many know that's what we need? He can give us all that we need according to his riches and glory. God knows what's best and God can bless us. We don't have to even do a micro gamble. No micro gambling. How many know you're better off sowing your seed on the heart of God? But the point I'm trying to make is that, is that we, we put so much stock in something and as soon as we get it, it, it it'll perish in some cases. We, were, uh, we had a staff member who got this new car. This was years ago, but they got a brand new car and it was so nice. And we were celebrating the blessing of God. And then, I don't know, three weeks later after she got the car, she came downstairs and all four tires were missing. It was like on four cinder blocks. That's hard times in the city in Chicago, isn't it? Because you know what? In this life, stuff can get stolen. In this life, stuff wears out. But let me tell you something. When we stand before Jesus, his reward is going to be so beautiful and so wonderful and so powerful and so amazing. Hallelujah. And we'll enjoy what God gives us on that day forever. It'll never lose its sense of glory and newness and blessing. And can I tell you this happened this like in the last week or so as I was praying for you and as I was praying for this. Because here's the thing, brothers and sisters. We have to think about heaven. Can I give you a piece of advice? Think about heaven. Think Instead of just thinking about the next thing and the next promotion and the next, and the next whatever you desire, whatever you're longing for, can I encourage you, stop and think about heaven. When you start to really think about heaven and meditate on heaven and think about the fact that Jesus is coming back for us. Okay, he's going to take us out of this world. When you, something starts to change in your spirit. And I was, if I could just give you a, a little personal testimony, I was in my office and I want to encourage you to do this. I want to encourage you to go past listening to a sermon and reading a Bible and say, okay, I read my chapter because that's my good Christian duty. I read my chapter or I listened to Christian music or, you know, I listened to the word for the day and then that's it. Can I tell you, a relationship with Jesus is so much deeper and greater and richer than just doing certain Christian things and then you go and live the day. A relationship with Jesus is so wonderful. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And so can I tell you something, brothers and sisters? There's a place that you could, that, that, a moments that you can have with God. There are moments that you can have with the Lord when you're alone, not for nothing. But if he gave you that living room, shouldn't you walk in that living room and praise God in that living room? If he gave you that kitchen, shouldn't we worship him in the kitchen? If he gave you that bedroom, shouldn't we commune with God in that bedroom? And can I tell you, so I was, I was in my office downstairs in the basin is where my books are. And I was walking around. And something happened. I had one moment where my spirit, 
I just, I can't describe what I'm telling you. I just, God gave me one drop of heaven. It was just one drop. And that one drop of heaven, it just, when you get a drop of heaven in your spirit, it makes all of the riches of this world, it turns it into nothing. One drop of heaven. Do you know God wants to give you a drop of heaven today? God wants to give you a revelation of Jesus. He wants to put a drop of love, a drop of peace, a drop of joy that will overshadow everything and anything that you might be going through. How many know the kingdom of God is so great and so mighty and so powerful? We will be so, so satisfied on that day. You see, I'm convinced that we don't understand what it means to really be satisfied. You see, we think that we know what satisfies us, but can I tell you something? You don't even have a clue of what it is to be satisfied. When we get to heaven and we stand in his presence and we receive that great inheritance, that's when we're going to really be satisfied. We don't even know what it is to be joyful or happy compared to what it's going to be like in eternity. We got to cross the line. So here's, here's, first of all, here's what I'm praying. Online, whether you're in Chicago or whether you're in a different part of the country or whether you're across the waters in Europe, wherever, in Africa, wherever you find yourself today, I want to encourage you today, brothers and sisters, today, today I want to encourage you, don't just serve Jesus from here up. There is a place in your heart that you start to walk with God and you start to have powerful meetings with God and you start to get a glimpse of heaven and glory. You get a glimpse of heaven and glory and then everything changes. I wish I could sing like Pastor Christian because I would start singing that song. Just one look, everything changes. I'm captivated. I don't know the other words. Be the same with just one. Come on, lift your hands. Everything changes. I'm captivated, I'll never be the same. Come on, as a prayer. With just one look, everything changes. I'm captivated, I'll never be the same. Just one look. Just one look. Just one look, one look and you could get a glimpse of the fact that God has rewards for you. He has a prize for you. Yes, it comes through the test. But the truth of the matter is that our test has a reward at the back of it. In other words, is it worth it to serve God? Is it worth it to sacrifice and surrender? Is it worth it to suffer a little bit? It's absolutely worth it. Come on, somebody say amen, hallelujah. Because our, our, our test, it has this reward to it, but here's the other thing, it has a shield. Okay, could we put that back up? It says, we have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Okay, what God gives you will not wear out. 
Then it says, this inheritance is kept in heaven for you through faith who are shielded by God's power. Okay? We are shielded by the power of God. And what that means, brothers and sisters, is this. It's that the, no matter what the devil throws at you, you will make it if you belong to Jesus. No matter what comes at you. In fact, there's only so much he can throw at you. He can throw stuff at you that the fire will refine you, but in the long run, it will not hurt you because we are shielded by the power of God until we receive that inheritance. Hallelujah. We're shielded by the power of God. We're protected by the power of God. So things come at you and you think like, Lord, how could you let this come at me? Yes, but that which is coming at you is meant to help you, even though it hurts for a little while. You see, because what the fire does, brothers and sisters, if they could send uh, uh, the keyboard player. Uh, uh, what the fire does is it removes the impurities. Have you noticed that lots of people who don't even believe in God, when their life is really on the line, all of a sudden they call upon God. <laughs> you know, there's that saying, there are no atheists in foxholes. When the bombs are flying... You know, when the, when the uh, in fact, I remember uh, when 9-11 hit, Don Labati, who's a, a member here, we were still in New York, and Don Labati was at the Twin Towers. And by the mercy of God, she gets there early. It's a long story, but she gets to the Twin Towers early, and because she got there early that night, she came downstairs and went to get something, and then the towers were struck, or one of the towers was struck, and she knew not to go back. Um, but, but it was like, you have to understand what happened when those towers fell. So she got her sister, who was close by, if I'm not mistaken, and they went and they just ran into a building. So they ran into the building, and it turns out that when they ran into the building, there was a, 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 a little Jewish man there and uh, some other people, and they were all in a room. And guess what Dawn did? Dawn pulled out her Bible. And she started to read psalms and they were praying. And everybody was like, read another psalm. Read another psalm. Read another psalm. Because when the fire hits, brothers and sisters, it eliminates all of the nonsense. So you could see what really matters. So you could see who your real helper is. God is our shield and our strength. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. And God wants that when the fire comes, we learn from the fire. And we say, Lord, I've reached out to you from this fire in a certain way. And Lord, when the fire's off, I'm going to still keep reaching at you in the same way. How many would say amen to that? And so we're shielded. The devil cannot and will not destroy you he tries to destroy but how many would agree no weapon formed against us will prosper blessed be the name of the Lord you're tested but you're shielded so that's the first thing that we we need to understand is that yes we will go through it you know there's no testimony if there's no test, 
I was joking about this, Pastor Jake, sometimes when he comes to work or we're studying at my house, he graduated from University of Chicago. And um, I went to his graduation. We have another sister on staff. She graduated from University of Chicago. In fact, I was there when Pastor Matt graduated from Northwestern. He's got his executive MBA. And, and Chrissy and I, we were there. We were so proud of him. And the, the guy who did the speech for the class actually said Pastor Matt by name. And he said, there's people in this class who, who are going to change the world. He said, like Pastor Matt. Come on, let's praise God. Hallelujah. So look, they get, look, I, you know, I can get the t-shirt that says Harvard. <laughs> Harvard Law. It's like, you ain't no lawyer, brother. It doesn't matter what kind of t-shirt you have. Right? There's a difference between the t-shirt and actually passing the test. Okay. And when you pass the test, you receive the reward, the honor, the glory. Just know this. Jesus, if you pass the test today, Jesus is going to celebrate you on that day. You're going to cross the podium and Jesus is going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Here's your reward. Here's, here's, here's what, what you're going to receive forever and ever because you were faithful to me. Because you worshiped me from the hardest places. Like Job, when he lost everything, the Bible says, he still would not. He praised God and he refused to accuse God of wrongdoing. That's what it means to get the test, to go through the test and be rewarded. And then here's as we go to close this. What, what he's saying is you're shielded by God's power and you're rewarded, but you have to remember that our test has real fire. Everybody say real fire. When the three Hebrew boys went to, were thrown in the fiery furnace, guess what? That was real fire. When Daniel was put in the lion's den, guess what? Those were not plastic lions like at Disney, you know what I mean? Those were real lions. Okay, this was not a ride. Those were real lions. And in this life, we go through real hardship, real fire. And the, 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 the challenge is, is to not allow the devil to convince you that God is against you. How many know God is for us and he's with us and he's growing us and he's developing us? But you go through real fire. I, I just, when our church first started, a sister came to our church and she was brokenhearted. She was brokenhearted because her husband was basically an unbeliever. And she was such a woman of God and she was holding on for her marriage. And I remember, this is a word to someone. I said to her, my sister, please, please, no matter what you do, honor God through this process. If you honor God through this heartbreak and through this process, I'm telling you right now, you will have no regrets. You'll look back on this as heartbreaking as it is, and sure enough, her husband left. And she wept. I saw her pour out her heart to God. But as she poured out her heart, she became one of our powerful prayer warriors in our church. 
as she got a hold of God, she became one of our counselors in the church. And I'm telling you right now today, she is so blessed. She has such a beautiful family. God, how many know he, he knows how to make all things new? He will. He will put you through the real fire, but the blessings will come. But the fire is real. The fire is real. It's just talking to someone. They're going through real fire. Look at how Jim Elliott put this. Jim Elliott was a missionary to Ecuador. And uh, he actually gave his life. They killed him, a tribe. Uh, they, they killed him. But here's what he said. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. So he knew they can take my life, but they can't take my life because I'm, I'm shielded by the power of God. I'm going to live for all of eternity. And do you know his wife, by the way, you want to read a great book, go get the journal, uh, the journals of Jim Elliot. And his wife, Elizabeth, wrote books as well. You want to hear, read some amazing testimonies of faith. His wife went back and other missionaries went back and then a great revival hit. There's a saying, the blood of the martyrs are the seeds of revival. Will we bleed sometimes? Is somebody going to hurt you sometimes? Yes, you will be hurt. I want to get you ready. You will suffer. You will go through struggles. Sometimes the people you love the most hurt you the most. But you can't get angry. You can't get bitter. You can't turn on them. When we do leadership training here, right, I always will have one session when I talk to our leaders and just say this. If you want to be a blessing in the kingdom of God, if you want to be like Jesus, just know, okay, Christians will hurt you. Sometimes the Christians that you love the most, and I can tell you this from personal experience. Sometimes the people you love the most, you counsel the most, you spend the most time, they turn on you in a, and because they have pain, they turn on you in a minute. Okay? And they'll betray you and hurt you. That's the way it is. But as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're different. Because what we know is this, you might suffer today at the hands of someone, but tomorrow God will use that suffering to turn them around, to win their heart, and to build their lives, and then they're going to turn around and do the same thing for someone else. How many are ready to suffer and serve for the glory of Christ and for the expansion of the kingdom of God? I appreciate some of you. I see some of you going like this. No, but listen. That's the way it is. Christians suffer sometimes. Look, maybe a, a leader hurt you. Maybe a pastor hurt you. Just because a Christian hurts you doesn't mean that Jesus has failed you. Okay? Leaders will fail you. Men will fail you. But Jesus never fails. Someone here, if you've walked away from Jesus, if you've walked away from the body of Christ, maybe you're tuning in online by a coincidence. In the name of Jesus, get back to the body because Jesus wants to use your life and Jesus has a prize for you on that day. But the fires are real. Look at, here's the last quote and then we're going to take communion together. John Newton put it this way. He said, trials are medicines which our gracious and wise physician prescribes. Why? 
because we need them. And he proportions the frequency and weight of them to what the case requires. Let us trust in his skill and thank him for his prescription. You know the thing about being tested is that when you mature and now and learn the lesson from the test, you look back on the test and say, I never want to go through that ever again. But I have to tell you, it's one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. Because God used that hardship and that difficulty to grow my faith. Who wants to have your faith grown in 2020? Can I see your hands? Come on. Come on, if you're struggling with raising it, raise it anyway. Say, Lord, I'm, I, I want to let you in. Because guess what? You know how he grows our faith sometimes? He puts us through some trials. He puts us through some tests. Now, that's why communion is so important today. Because as we get ready for communion, one of the things that we have to understand is that Peter... More than anybody else, the author of this letter, he understood what it was to fail God and to walk away from God. He understood what it, what it means to be put through a fiery furnace. And you know what? He ran out. But how many are thankful that his mercies are new every morning? And today we have an opportunity to say, Lord, I want to get back in the game. If you've been drifting from God today, today as we take communion, Jesus is going to bring you back in the game. If you've been hurt by someone, if you've been stung by this season and the hardship of this time, and you've been getting away from God and distant from God and, and looking for false comforts. Today, Jesus wants you back. How many know Jesus wants all of his children back today? Hallelujah. Come on, get back, get back. And as we go to take communion now, part of what we're going to do is we're going to say, Lord, you were hurt. You understand my suffering. You were punished. You were perfect. You were sinless. You were innocent. You know better than anybody else what it is to go through hardship and suffering. And yet you did it for the glory of your Father. And so, Lord, today, God, I want to receive the, the, the renewal and the freshness that comes from coming to your communion table and having you, to, having you forgive me and cleanse me and give me a fresh start. Here's what this means. If you're holding a grudge against someone, brothers and sisters, you can't stand strong in God if your heart is full of unforgiveness. You can't stand strong in God if you let bitterness overtake you. You're so much better off forgiving people than holding grudges against them. Let God take care of making things right. But come on, let's forgive. Let's let the blood of Jesus free us. And let's let the blood of Jesus use us to free somebody else. Come on, somebody say amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. So as we go to take communion now, First and foremost, this is a time to forgive and to receive the forgiveness of God. Now, if you're here and 
Um, you're not a, a, a someone who's actually accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. As we go to take communion in a moment, if the pastors would come, whoever's coming to help me serve communion today at this service. As we go to prepare, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says don't do what's symbolic. This is, this is a symbolism that's really blessed by God because he says do this in remembrance of me. But here's what he says. Don't do what's symbolic if it's not truly spiritual and real in your own heart and life. Some people know of Jesus, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus. Some people go to church, but after they go to church, they leave and they have no relationship with Jesus. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about a relationship. And that means that today, right now, before we take communion, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if while I'm speaking you feel Jesus knocking on your heart, you can open the door of your heart and invite him in. How is someone born again? Jesus comes and lives inside of their heart. And if that's you... I want you to, come on, everyone right now in this congregation, I just want to lead you in prayer. Whether you're here in this room or online, just a family member watching. Jesus is reaching out to you right through the screen. And he's knocking at the door of your heart and he's saying, I love you and I want a real relationship with you. If that's you, you want to say yes, you want to open up the door of your heart. Just raise your hands with me right now. And everyone, in every home, just repeat after me, Lord Jesus... I thank you for this day. And I thank you for your love that I want to receive. Jesus, you truly are the Son of the Most High God. I believe that you came to this earth, you became a man. And you allowed yourself to be crucified as a payment for the sin of the whole world, which includes my sin. And so today, Lord, I'm personalizing what you did for me. And I want to thank you for paying the price for my sin. I want to turn away from that life. And I want to open up the door of my heart. And I want to invite you in. Sit on the throne of my heart and be my king and my Lord, my master, and my friend. Thank you for receiving me even as I receive you. Amen and amen.